Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number two in this incredible, powerfully uh, life-transformative series called The Power of Love. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm not talking about what Huey Lewis and the News sang about back in the 80s. I'm talking about the power of God's word uh, or God's love that can work in us and that can do phenomenal things in us. Now, today we're going to be talking about activating the power. Now, this is a word you don't really hear very much, uh, but it's actually there in the Greek language. Many, many times uh, there's a Greek word that will be connected to the word ergo, which has to do with energy. And, And time and time and time and time again, it also speaks about energizing something or or activating something or bringing something to life. It's amazing how many things that God has given us freely, but we are not participating in. You know, people are struggling with their faith. So many people think, well, I guess I don't have the faith to get healed. Well, no, uh, that's sort of true, but maybe sort of not true because the issue is not that you don't have the faith to get healed. The issue is you don't know how to activate or energize your faith. You don't know how to. You don't know how to bring healing to life. It's just like, you know, everybody in the world has had their salvation paid for, uh, but the truth is, not everybody's saved. Why? Because they haven't activated salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. They haven't entered into it. They're not participating in it. It's just. It is just a church doctrine or a or, you know, a, a church dogma, according to where, where you go to church. So there are all kinds of things. You know, every person's healing has been purchased on the cross, uh, in the cross, and the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But not everybody, not everybody is healed. I mean, you can just go down the list of all the promises of God. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians one twenty, all the promises that God has ever made to anyone All those promises are yes and amen for one reason. We are in Jesus. So the real question about qualification isn't how much faith do I have, per se. It is, do I believe I'm in Jesus? And because I'm in Jesus, do I believe I share in the inheritance that he received from God? And so when we apply our faith, in a little bit more of, of a biblically defined manner that actually we, 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 we are able to activate these things that God has freely given to us. By the way, let me mention this to you. Be sure and consider getting the, uh, uh, the audio version of this. You know, the audio version is going to have hours and hours of teaching that is not involved in the video because we can only do so much in these, in these video messages. And, uh, for, you know, many people buy these because they want to teach them in their churches. They want to teach them in their, in their home groups. And, and I encourage you, use these videos in your home groups. Use these videos to start uh, I groups 
and uh, man, invest in the people that are around you. But I want you to understand something. Whenever you purchase an audio series, first of all, it gives you a chance to dig in and invest in yourself. So many people are really serious about being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And while they greatly appreciate, get great benefit from what we're uh, teaching in these uh, free video messages, so many people go like, you know what? I want to go a little bit deeper in this. I know there's more to this than we're able to cover. So, so you can do that in the audio message. And audio messages are for people who are really deeply committed to being disciples, not just interested in getting the information about something, but interested in living this stuff and putting it into practice in their own life. So be sure and check it out because when you purchase these, first of all, you make an investment in yourself. Secondly, you make an investment in the kingdom of God because this makes it possible for us to keep publishing books, videos, you know, CDs, all this kind of stuff to get this message out to the body of Christ. But also, it makes it possible to invest in the world. You know, we have a, a, a what we call world changers who are helping us change the way the world sees God. And one of the primary things that our world changers do is we are raising up one billion disciples around the world. And uh, when you purchase any of our products, 85% uh, of that money goes directly into some kind of world outreach. And so be sure, be sure and check it out. Invest in yourself, invest in the kingdom, and invest in the world. You know, Philemon 6 is one, is one of those scriptures that has was a cornerstone scripture for me. It, it was it was one of those scriptures that, and I can't I won't go into it now because of, because of time. But man, it was one of those scriptures that came alive to me back in the uh, back about seventy five, I believe it was 76, right there, probably seventy five. And man, I'm telling you what, it changed everything about how I prayed. It changed everything about how I read the Bible. It changed everything about what I meditated on. I'm telling you, th th this it changed my life. And the King James Version uh, it says. Uh, something like this. It says that the sharing uh, of your faith may become effectual or may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Short little simple verse. I am telling you, I was in a meeting in Pensacola, Florida, uh, where I attended my Bible uh, school to do my undergraduate degree in theology. Great Bible school, great church. And back in those days, that was one of the one of the most prominent uh, churches in America as far as bringing the full gospel message to the world. Uh, incredible, incredible people, incredible sacrifice that Ken Summerall paid to, to uh, you know, to do this and to, to start this school, start this church and to, to reach the world. So, but we, you know, we would have, uh, we would have a, a conference every, I think every quarter, so every three months we'd have a conference. I'm telling you, we would have the cream of the crop. We would have the best, most dynamic, powerful uh, speakers uh, in in the world come come there for these conferences. And there would be, uh, I think we had over 400 uh, full-time Bible school students, not counting the part-time Bible school students, not counting the correspondence students. And, and of course, the church was about 1,500 people, I think. And, and man, that was pretty phenomenal for back in those days. So I'll never forget, man, we were having the cream of the crop. We we had some of the most dynamic speakers in the world, incredible speakers. But I will never forget 
there was an old fellow by the name of A.S. Worley, and Brother Worley was from Wahala, South Carolina, and he spoke in that conference, and bless his heart, he was out of place. Everybody was wearing these shark skin suits. They looked good, man. They were articulate. You know, they were professional looking. Brother Worley was this old country boy that loved God and preached a powerful, powerful message. And so those guys would preach an hour, an hour and a half. And they were so good. You'd listen to them for an hour and a half. You would listen to them for as long as they wanted to preach. Because back in those days, I'll tell you, the word of God was precious. And so anyhow, uh, so, so, you know, these guys are waxing eloquent. I'm telling you, Brother Worley got up and preached for about 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, it was the most powerful message I had heard up until that point in time by any charismatic, full gospel, word of faith preacher I had ever heard up until that time. And really, even to this day, all these years later, it's still one of the most powerful and effective sermons that I have ever heard. And so Brother Worley got, and he and he he preached this 15-minute message. And I'm telling you, everything about my life changed because of that one message. Now, again, I'm not going to go into all of it, but one of the things, you know, he preached from Philemon 1.6. Now, I'm telling you, I have, I have translated Philemon. I have dug into this for the Ever since 1975, when I heard this message, I have year after year gone back and revisited, re-translated, reinterpreted, uh, looked up related scriptures about this. But one of the one of the statements that he makes, and Brother Worley didn't even bring this out in that meeting, but this this launched me into finding this. Um, you know, it says uh, it says uh, in the New King James Version that the sharing, which is the word communion or the koinonia of your faith. Now, the koinonia, koinonia the communion is where you enter into uh, sharing what Jesus inherited uh, whenever he was raised from the dead and sat down at the right hand of God. Because remember, we don't have an inheritance with God. He has an inheritance with God. We do not have a covenant with God. He has a covenant with God. We did not inherit all the promises of God. He inherited all the promises of God. And all of these things we share with him because of one reason. We are in him. We have been saved. We've been baptized into the body of Christ. We are in him. In him we live and we move and we and we have our being. And so, so he says that the sharing, the communion, the koinonia of your faith may become effective. And that word effective is is related to that word that I talked about that has to do with being energized and activated. So he's saying that the koinonia, the sharing of our faith, of what we believe about what we have in Jesus, becomes activated by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in us because of us being in Jesus. Man, I'm telling you what, you take that scripture out there, meditate on it. I'm telling you, you wouldn't, you you won't have to listen to another sermon for five years because you will keep going back to this. You'll be just like me. You keep going back and and digging into this to get more and more and more understanding of of what it actually means. But but the key is this: uh, the way that I activate my faith, the way I the way I bring to life 
these things that were given to me in Christ, I bring them to life by the by the continual acknowledgement. And actually, this, this word acknowledgement gets into the concept of an experiential knowledge, not just a doctrinal knowledge, but, but where you believe something in your heart and you experience it. And because you experience it, it becomes activated and you begin to have that in your life. So one of the things that you realize from this scripture and from the dozens of other New Testament scriptures that, that talk about this is that these things that we have been given have to be activated, they have to be activated first and foremost by our faith, but not, not just the faith to believe that healing is yours, not just the faith uh, to believe that salvation is yours, not just the faith to believe that, that the promises of God are yours, but to believe that they are uh, given to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we share in them because we are in him. That is what activates uh, all of the all of the power of God. Every aspect of the power of God. Remember the the word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, and I'm telling you, it's the word from which we get dynamite. It's the word from which we get dynamo. It speaks of a power that can give off a charge equal to itself. And so that's what the Zoe, the life of God, is the life that Jesus Himself inherited from God. And so he inherited the life of God. He inherited the power, the strength of God. And, and uh, because he inherited it and we are baptized into him when we get born again, then we start participating in that. But what activates that? What makes that become effectual or activated or, or, or brings life in, into us? It's the, it's the fact that we begin to acknowledge it and we we experience it we don't just believe the doctrine we don't just confess the doctrine we don't just say the right words but because we believe it in our heart we actually experience it remember all things have been freely given to us according to second corinthians 120 uh, you know god verse 19 it says god's not a yes and no he said paul said we didn't preach yes and no we didn't preach yes to the promises of God sometimes, but sometimes it's going to be no. God is predictable. God is absolute. He said, our message to you was yes, and it was amen. And we share in all the promises of God because we are in Jesus. I am telling you, this is the overcoming faith because Jesus is the overcomer. We're not trying to get enough faith to overcome. We're trying to get enough faith to make, or, or we're trying to use our faith in a way that says Jesus overcame. I am in him. I share what he has. And other than that, I don't, I don't have anything else that's worth sharing. So you want to free yourself from this idea that you're, you're operating faith to get God to give you something. That you're operating faith to be able to, to uh, uh, earn something or, or whatever, however you want to say it, because it is already freely given to you. One of my favorite scriptures of all time, 2 Peter 1, 3. It says that uh, that his divine power has given us, or his divine life has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the experiential knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. We are called to glory and virtue, but the question is, are we at this point in time experiencing the power? Now, don't don't fake. This is not where you fake it till you make it. 
That, that's not how faith works. And I know we've been kind of taught that. I understand what people are talking about when they say that. But this is not where you fake it till you make it. This is where you persuade your heart that what we have in Jesus really is ours. It really is given to us right now. And we see it as, as something that came through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We see that when we got born again, we were baptized and, and, and immersed into the body of Christ. And therefore, we share in everything that he received from God. It has all been freely given. You know, uh, uh, Ephesians 3.20, and I love this. He said, Paul says, uh, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That, that word works is that word energizes or, or becomes activated. So see, God is able, you know, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that if we're willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Now, remember, there were times when Jesus walked up to somebody that would be sick or that needed deliverance or needed help. And uh, in the King James, you know, it was, uh, this, this was so convoluted that, that you, could, you can never really fully understand what it was saying. But in the King James, you know, G, it, it would have Jesus saying, wilt thou that I should make thee whole? And you're like, I don't know, wilt there. I don't know, what's, what are you talking about? Well, really what he is saying are you willing to let me get you healed? Are you willing to let me make you whole? Are you willing to live a better quality of life? Are you willing to come out of, of whatever is holding you back? Are you willing to face whatever you got to face so that you can move beyond your boundaries? Are you willing to believe the truth about what Jesus obtained through his resurrection? Are you willing to believe that? And are you willing to enter into that? That's kind of that's kind of the whole deal. Obedience starts with willingness. Now, a lot of people say, well, you ain't got to be obedient. We're, we're under grace. We don't have to be obedient. You know, you can't participate in anything God offers apart from obedience. You got to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit. You got to be willing to follow God. You got to be willing to walk with him uh, on this journey, however he's leading you. This, this stuff is magic. It's not where you... You pray the magic prayer, the magic formula. You say it the right way. You say the name of Jesus just the right way. You, you're facing the right direction when you say it. You're using the right King James English when you say it. And, you know, that, that, that's not what we're doing here. We are persuading our hearts by the word of God, by what the Bible tells us about Jesus and what he accomplished, again, through the death, burial, and resurrection. Don't get, hope you don't get tired of me saying that because I don't have anything else to offer. You know, I, I have seen every miracle in the New Testament. I have seen every miracle in the New Testament. Many of them I have seen dozens of times. Some of them I have seen hundreds of times. And I don't have anything else to offer. I don't have anything else to offer that says you can enter into this supernatural aspect of, of, of sharing the life of God if you're willing. Now, to be willing, it means that you got to give up some of your religion. It means you got to give up some of, some of your personal opinions. You got to be willing to give up how your family, how your denomination, how your background uh, influences you to, to try to walk with God or what kind of formulas you're going to try to work. You, you've just got to be willing to die to self. What does that mean? Die to self. That, that's not talking about entering into this horrible kind of life where you're suffering and you're doing without. This is, this is talking about dying to everything that you are 
outside of Jesus. Everything you not not just everything you were before you came to Jesus, but everything, every thought, every opinion, every doctrine, every belief that you have that is not based on what he accomplished. You see, that's the kind of faith that energizes what we actually have in Jesus because it is based on him. It is based on what he has done, uh, not based on how much faith we've got. It's not based on all the you know dead works. It's not based on our performance. This is based on what Jesus has done. And, and by believing in what he has done and believing that we are in him and that and that alone is the one thing that not only qualifies us, but is, is the one thing that actually energizes. Now, this whole series is about the power of love. Now, listen, the love of God has the potential, has the power to actually do things in your life that are just beyond your wildest imagination. Now, I'm telling you, I see some great preachers and some great teachers that talk about the love of God and kind of, I don't think they mean to, but they imply that just intellectually accepting the fact that God loves you is going to change your world. Well, it's not. Listen, there's a lot of people that know that God loves them, but they got a messed up definition of love. A lot of people know that Jesus died for them, but they don't know what, what that means. You see, many, many, many people believe pieces, bits and pieces of the truth of what we have in Jesus. But the question is, do we believe what he did on the cross, in the grave, and through the resurrection? And do we believe that he received this inheritance from God and we share in that inheritance for one reason? We are in him. And we got when we got saved, we got baptized, we got immersed into the body of Christ so that we share in every this is the communion that we talked about in Philemon 6. We enter into a sharing, a communion of every good thing that that, that Jesus received. But it's only to the degree that we experience this. It's only to the degree not we don't just acknowledge it in the in the sense that we're talking about it. We actually experience this. And when we experience it, this is where we are energized by it. This is where it is activated in us because we have fully persuaded our heart. You know, the Bible talks about, about Abraham and how that, you know, he was the father, not just of faith, but he was the father of faith righteousness. And I'm telling you, I can't even imagine how foreign that word was to the occult uh, religious world that he lived in. It was so foreign to anything you could ever, ever believe. And so, but Abraham, he actually just believed God and God counted that to him as righteousness. And you see, when we believe God about what Jesus has actually given us, then we enter into that righteousness and because we believe it in our heart, it becomes activated in our life. But I want you to understand something. If the love of God, for example, that's what that's what we're talking about, the love of God. Do you experience the love of God? You know, I'm so fortunate. I'm in a, I'm in a marriage where I really deeply, fully love my wife. And I'm telling you, when Brenda and I, when Brenda and I got together, she, other than my mother, she was the only person that I ever believed actually loved me. 
And uh, even though I believed it, it wasn't something it wasn't something that I was 100% solid in. I believed it. I, you know, I believed it to be true. And so her love for me and me experiencing that forced me to have to deal with issues in my life that I would have I would have never dealt with just because I had the information, just because she said it in the wedding vows, just because, you know, just because, uh, uh, you know, uh, we agreed upon it when we got married, just because we'd said these words, each other, that, that doesn't mean anything as far as activating something in you is going to change your life. Well, experiencing this love is what made me want to be a better man. Experiencing this love is what made me want to uh, enjoy a life with her. Experiencing this love is what activated something in me that would work in me whenever I would uh, have the temptation to act like a fool, when I'd have the temptation to be to be controlling, and when I would have the temptation to do things that were not in line or in harmony with God's love. Uh, even if I did them, I couldn't do them and get by with them because because uh, her her love for me that I was experiencing. You say, well, how how was I experiencing? You know, I wasn't experiencing it just because she said she loved me. I was experiencing it because of the way she treated me. It was a really interesting thing to realize. Uh, and I think my friend Ed Elliott, I think he, me and him talked about this decades ago. Uh, how that uh, how that you know Jesus never one time told the disciples that he loved them. That's that's pretty phenomenal. Yet it was his love that brought about, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. It was his love that persuaded them of who God really was, persuaded the disciples of the character and the nature of God, caused uh, the the life and the love of God to be activated and totally, totally change uh, how they all live. But you have to realize they had to believe and experience that, not because he said it. It was all in the way they treated him. But now remember, people can treat you good, and you can take uh, you can take advantage of it. People who take advantage of love, I don't know what they believe. I don't know what they think, but I can tell you this. They are not participating in, and they are not fully persuaded of the love that's being given to them. Well, I got news for you. The love that God is giving to us is something that when we accept it, when we see what it is, it energizes us. In other words, it becomes perfected. When the Bible talks about perfect love, and that's the name of the series, you know, is, is uh, the power of, of love. The power, and it's the power of perfected love. Perfected love, is, it changes us. It energizes something. Else. It, does a, it, it opens our heart to the Holy Spirit, to an aspect of God that we've never been open to before uh, because we we believe it in our heart and it actually energizes, activates, and brings to life something in our heart. If the love of God is not perfected, if it does, and that word perfected means to reach the goal for which it was given. God loves us. Whether we ever love him back or not, he loves us. But because there are three different Greek words for love, and there's four different Hebrew words for love, 
there the Bible oftentimes talks about different aspects of love that we don't seem to understand. And we're not realizing that the kind of love that God offers us that transforms us, the kind of love that causes the grace of God to work in us, causes faith, you know, faith works by love. It kind of it comes alive, it becomes activated in us. Yeah, that that this kind of love is a relational, reciprocal love. And when we experience that, when we accept it and we give ourselves to it, we become empowered in a way that we've never known. Listen, share this message with your friends. Be sure and download the uh, uh, the audio series and, and let's dive in this thing. Let's make this something powerful for our lives. All right, I'll be talking to you next week. Be sure and don't miss it. Go back and listen to this some more. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.